This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Reclaiming Families. This is our second episode of our second season of Reclaiming Families. So, And it's a wild card, I'll tell you. Like, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm very excited about it, but boy. You know, as we mentioned last time, um, we are in the month of February hoping to start out with a new series really based on warm homes mm. and what it looks like to have a warm home, what it looks like to have an environment that is relationally warm, <laughs> you know, kind, loving, um, respectful, emotionally safe, stable. Yeah. yeah. And so all those things. And we are, you know, Lord willing, going to be starting that series next week. We have. Um, a few different families, a few different couples lined up to speak on that, but we um, are still in the works of getting those recorded. So we're hoping that we're able to launch the beginning of that series starting off next week. But um, as we always like to say, we have a website, reclaimingfamilies.org, and we would appreciate it if you'd go on there and check it out. Scroll through, look at the pictures of the beautiful families on the site, you know, see the uh, resources that are there. You can subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, give a five-star review, share it with your friends, and then um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook Throughout the next few months, we're hoping to get that populated with some more resources that can help build and serve your family. Absolutely. And uh, um, so, yeah, thank you for doing that. And we, we definitely need that to get the podcast out. And so today, we want to talk about a very special topic. Love is in the air. That's right. We're talking about Valentine's Day coming up. Everywhere you go now. It's all in the stores. Hearts, candy, balloons, flowers, chocolate-covered strawberries, and all for a very unique, not unique, special reason. That's right. I saw somewhere that the average American maybe spends, I think it was like 150 bucks or something like that. On On Valentine's Day? I thought, you know, that's a lot of money. I was going to (laughs) say, I don't think anyone's ever spent $150 on me for Valentine's Day. 150 bucks. Maybe I'm married to a chocolate strawberries ain't that high, are they? And uh, But I did think that was funny. I was like, you know, it does show that. uh, But truth is, it's not about how much money you spend on Valentine's Day. But it is about how thoughtful you are. There we go. There we go. And that is... And sometimes thoughtfulness... Takes a little money. It does. Every now and then. It doesn't always. It takes no money. Takes no money sometimes, but it is... Be thoughtful with no money down. (laughs) (laughs) But be thoughtful, at least. Be thoughtful. I mean, not at least. At most, be thoughtful. But (laughs) be indeed thoughtful. That's right. That's right. And so, I I wasn't going to say that, but, you know, I I knew I was going to put myself in a hole. But anyways... Valentine's Day, yeah, I never knew where Valentine's Day really came from, and uh, you know, there's. I still don't. Yeah, my wife still doesn't know, and so, uh, well, she does know because I told her about Barely. it. Barely. I looked it up, and 
And basically what I can tell is that nobody really knows where it came from exactly. But and, you know uh, what? People always say Valentine's Day is just um, like the greeting cards holiday, that they just made it up. That's not true. But that's not true. No. No, uh, there was a guy or two guys named St. Valentine. And the Catholic Church celebrated Valentine's Day. And St. Valentine, I don't know all the details, but they think it was one person or two people. And uh, and this saint was martyred on the 14th of, on the 14th, maybe of February. And, uh, and so that became the day that they celebrated St. Valentine's. And I think that he married soldiers maybe that the emperor said he didn't want married and that's why and he, got he martyred? Despi- yeah he went against the emperor's rulings he disobeyed the emperor and he was murdered for it and i think and so you can look it up it's very interesting it is a little bit um foggy you know i looked up a few sites how credible is it historychannel.com you know it's it's a good question but uh um anyways Valentine's it's uh, Valentine's Day. We do celebrate, but what we do celebrate is love and marriage, right? We, our culture today, really, when it comes to celebrating love, they get off the rails because they don't define really what is love and what is loving. But um, and as, really, when you get off the rails with it, well, I mean, Valentine's Day, we don't know where you're coming in for Valentine's Day, but some people hate Valentine's Day. What? Yeah. Some people don't like it. Oh, man. Especially single women sometimes. Uh, Probably single men, too. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll be honest. I have always been someone... Single man who here, you got to spend 150 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's to be married men. That's right. Married men. um, But I've I've, I've always been someone that loves Valentine's Day, even when I was single. And maybe... I'm not a hopeless romantic, actually. I was going to say maybe it's a hopeless romantic in me, but... It's really not. It's probably just the candy and the the cards, the cards oh, and yeah. the the bright colors. But it is about celebrating love and marriage. And single or married, it's worth celebrating. That's right. Love and marriage because it really is the foundation of family and society. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, and along with love and marriage, yeah, there's also this element of matchmaking, right? Will you be my Valentine? And and uh, and I kind of looked that up, and you know, it's somewhat of a pagan idea that Cuban or sorry, Cupid was this Greek god named Eros, and uh, and he was a he was like the god of love and matchmaking or something like that. And so, you know how you kind of got those Cupid arrows and and he, uh, if you, I don't know if you get shot Shoots by arrows. Does it shoot him in the baby bottoms? I don't know about that. But but anyways, so Cupid. No, he has a bare bottom and he shoots him. Uh, he has a bare bottom. He's a baby with a bare bottom looking thing that shoots arrows. But I, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so funny to me. I was just realizing like, you know, the imagery of, Heaven being a bunch of babies playing harps on clouds or whatever with little cupids. That's a complete pagan idea. It was a, it's this pagan god, Eros, that uh, it comes from. And so, so that's, it's pagan as Christians, you know, I have no, no need for it, right? No regard for it. But what I do have regard for is matchmaking. 
right? Matchmaking is not a pagan idea. I would say it's a Christian idea. And, uh, yeah, the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I can just say personally that marriage has been one of the best gifts that I have ever received. And along with marriage, you know, family and children, it's a, it is a great gift that really I never could have known how great it would be until I was in it, until I experienced it and am experiencing it. And so, I don't know, it's a, marriage done right is incredibly rich and fulfilling and good. And, and so I want to see people, you know, kind of like match made, you know, and, uh, so what you're saying is if anybody <laughs> wants us to match make them, this is my wife speaking now, obviously, That's right. um, let us know because we do have a dream of making our own online. Well, it wouldn't be online. I guess it would our own dating services where you yeah. fill out an application um, and we'll match you That's right. with someone. And it'd only be kind of like certain churches, certain groups that get to be on it that we kind of deem we'll are mature you. enough we'll to be married. That. That's right. So, and my wife's a stickler, right? High standards. And, and uh, she doesn't want any boys marrying great women. She wants men marrying great women. I got and, a lot uh, of great girlfriends. That's right. That's and right. so we need some men to step up, be a man and marry them. That's right. And so, uh, but, so that's what we're celebrating, this idea of love, marriage, matchmaking. Yep. And so. Uh, so really what we're kind of getting at is Valentine's Day, no matter what you think about it, it is an opportunity to take a second and celebrate your marriage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you should celebrate it all year long. But this is a day that is like, hey, we can we can especially celebrate it. Yep. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss it. Don't miss it's, it. It's given right to you. Put on a T. Yep. And so really, kind of how you celebrate your marriage is this aspect of romance. Romance. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit today is, is, is uh, you know, what would your perfect romantic date be like, Hillary? You're asking me that. Yeah. Why don't you tell? What, why don't you tell me <laughs> what would my perfect romantic? We were talking be? about before, and I was thinking that our perfect, our 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 most romantic day was a day where we took a boat down. all the way down the river. We started yeah. at Kingston, and we drove that boat down to Watts Bar, which was a long ways by river. And but we had packed the dinner. We packed dinner, and uh, we were pretty set for it. We had all the stuff. But I wasn't set for how far it was. And, I mean, it was... Uh, um, sun was setting. The sun was setting. Actually, it went pretty much pitch black while we were out. Yeah, we ran through three tanks of fuel. And uh, the boat messed up halfway down toward yeah. the river. We had to fix it. and uh, But it was still a sweet night. It was. It was. And so I think some of the aspects... It's funny because I think I think we both say it might be our most romantic uh, trip, but for different reasons. And I think for me, it was romantic in the sense of I was spending time with my wife. It was a beautiful evening, and I was escorting her down the river. I was driving the boat 
and uh, I was taking us to our destination. Um, and she was along with me for the ride. And I just enjoy that I'm with you, let's go kind of um, relationship. And it was also, like I said, beautiful, beautiful day. The sun was setting. Um, it was incredible. But then it got to, it got dark. And here I am driving up this river trying to find. I don't think our light worked either. Did our light not work? Well, we had like the green and red light and a little light in the back. But you can't see ahead of you. And so you can't see if you're about to run into anything, you're about to hit a bridge. And we were looking for this boat ramp that I had only seen like one time in the daylight. And uh, and I was trying to find, it was called... Uh, it was Whitestone. Whitestone Inn is the name, of, is the boat ramp that we took off from. And uh, that's the place we got married. Yeah. It's a bed and breakfast. And so it was like me trying to find this dark. So there's a sense of adventure and I'm trying to keep my wife safe. And not wreck this boat, not hit anything, not destroy it. I don't know. That sense of adventure kind of got me. I just love it. You know, I love a little bit of thrill, a little bit of unnecessary risk. And uh, it made the whole evening, um, spending time with wife, floating in the water, uh, relaxing, and just taking in all the beauty of everything. And it was just being together on the river and protecting my wife. And getting us there safely, I said, wow, what a trip. Yeah. It's funny. When I think of romance, I don't necessarily, I I can't pinpoint as much what I think was romantic about that night. But it's like a lot of the same things. I remember, you know, we're in the middle of the water and we take a wave and the boat just stopped. <laughs> and my strong husband, you know, got down under the boat and was trying to fix it. And he did fix it. But, um, yeah, a lot of the same reasons. It was something planned. The atmosphere was good. Like It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. The sun was going down. It was a beautiful sunset. And we were just yeah, riding. We, that's right. We enjoyed the marinas as we went down. We had to get three tanks of fuel, I think, or two or three. Two tanks of fuel. And so we stopped the marinas and filled up. And, and uh, yeah, it was just an adventure. We didn't, we'd never been there before. And so we are just exploring together. Now, that's not what romance looks like, you know, on a day-to-day basis. No. But when we were thinking about what is romantic, that's probably the most romantic time we've ever had. I mean. <laughs> yeah. It was a, I would say it was the, one of the best romantic dates that we've been on. Yeah. But we're going to talk about romance. I think it's a little bit even more than what we've even discussed. Yeah. Because romance, what we're getting at, it is a picture of God's beauty. Mm-hmm, that's right. And, you know, that is what um, we here at Reclaiming Families are all about, is, is how our families display the gospel and display the character and nature of God. And so in romance, it's a picture of God's beauty, like my wife said, that we display to our spouses. And it is most and to beautiful. The world. And to the world. And uh, and that's our job. That's my job as a husband, is to show my spouse that my love is is great and strong, but it's also a shadow of a greater love, um, God's love. Yeah, and you know when we think about just a few, this is not all, but a few of the qualities of God's beauty that's seen in romance, we see the serving nature of God, the humility side of him, 
Um, we obviously see a steadfast love, like a pursuit where he never gives up or quits pursuing. He's relentless in his pursuit of his people. And it's also this beautiful thing where he invites us to be known by him. But even greater than that, he invites us to know him. And so we always talk about how marriage is a display of the gospel to the world. And it is just that, as we see, you know, the picture of Ephesians 5, where Christ lays down his life and the church uh, willfully submits to him. We see this beautiful picture of the gospel to each other. We see it to um, other people in the church. We see it to our kids. Really and truly, marriage is the very first picture of the gospel that our kids will ever get to experience. So... Hopefully it's, it's a good display of the gospel, but it's also a display of the gospel to the lost world. And then so much, like that's, that's the, the part that everybody gets to see, but even in the display of the gospel to each other, we get the, the kind of the same thing that everyone experiences with that display. But there's also the side of sex where... Um, it's the display of the gospel to only your spouse, that only your spouse gets to, to experience with you. And it is that picture of the vulnerability, the being fully known, the being fully accepted, um, just that aspect of knowing and being known that is a display of the gospel. And all of that, the, I don't know, the steamy, like passionate side of it, and the day in and day out is kind of where romance comes into play. Now, what is the definition of romance? Because I guess that is kind of the, the romance is the passionate. Yeah, I, I didn't write the, or, or it's a feeling that we did write the definition down. This, uh, the definition of romance in the book is uh, a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love. And so that can come in the day in and day out. It's like, you know, there's moments where it's just like, mm, I am so thankful that he is my husband that like, you know, just the, the overwhelming thankfulness. And then there's also, you know, moments that are, are not as much like that, but all of it together the knowing at the end of the day, this is where my home is. This is where I belong is a display of the gospel, but we want to touch a little bit on the romance side, that picture of God's beauty, that mystery kind of, yeah, yeah, that is associated with love. Yeah, I would say like, how do you how do you kind of create that excitement, that mystery, and uh, and so we kind of got two three things that uh, I believe that that really create the romance and so the first one and this is kind of how do you celebrate on valentine's day how do you be romantic and so the first one i thought of uh, and we worked on a little bit is to be welcoming like it requires welcoming and and i think you know when you have a kid in you know middle school high school college and there's a member of the opposite sex being welcoming to them it can be that, that it's like this sense of, oh, man, my heart is just 
Pitter patter, pitter patter. Pitter, yeah, that's right. I'm excited. There's this mystery, um, and it's like, does do they love me? They love me not. They love you know. It's like you're pulling petals off of flowers, maybe, and uh, and so I think it is this idea of welcoming. And what's so dangerous is outside of marriage, you can be welcomed into a home that's not safe, a place that's not safe, a relationship, a relationship that's not safe. That's not safe. But inside of marriage, um, there is safety in the covenant. And so. Uh, it's always great to be welcoming to your spouse in marriage. And, and so anyways, it's uh, being welcoming can be dangerous. But you know, when you're being welcoming, what you're showing is the welcoming heart of Christ. Because sometimes people are not, I mean, maybe not me, actually, yeah, me. Both of us can be very not welcomable. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and so, but I would say that's not being... <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of romance with somebody that's not welcoming. but so no, Not welcomable, but then the welcoming of the not welcomable is that display of the gospel. It's, yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. And so the display of the gospel is the Christ welcomes sinners, right? The unlovable, the ones who feel rejected uh, by the world because of what they have done. And what's incredible about the heart of God is God says... Hey, I want you. I want to be with you. I want you to know me. I will receive you. Come and be with me. And uh, that's the same heart that we are displaying to our spouse um, is that I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. Come and be with me. I know you, and yet I welcome you to come. And that heart is a, um, I think there is a lot of romance that gets built right there in this idea of bringing somebody into your life, bringing your spouse into your life, being vulnerable. You know, it's uh, even in marriage, it's bringing your your wife, your spouse into the bedroom. And it's being, like I said, vulnerable and opening up yourself to be known and courageously letting your spouse in to know you. And it does take courage sometimes. Absolutely. It takes a lot of courage. And so, but I think a welcoming person is, I think it's like without welcoming another person, you're going to have no romance. There'll be no romance if you do not welcome others. Because at some point, everybody is going to, there's going to be something unwelcoming about every person. And so if you, just have this standard, then you are unwilling to be welcoming to, you know, it's, it's the idea of being fully known and fully accepted. And yeah. without that, there is no welcoming. As well, it's basically saying you're not accepted. I don't welcome you. You yeah. know, stay over there, stay put, you know? And so, but, uh, when somebody says, Hey, come, come. And I think of that song, come ye sinners, poor and needy. And it's like, come, Come, oh, I welcome you. I'm so excited that you would come. And so uh, I think as, as husbands, when you say come, and as wives, come. And, uh, and to be welcoming. And then two is pursuing. I think that in order to have romance, there has to be the sense of pursuit. And there's obviously the side where the man initiates and pursues. But I think there's like a mutual pursuit back and forth between 
a husband and wife as well. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. Like kind of the idea of alluring and mm-hmm. uh, and how it's it's both can be alluring, but uh, in pursuing, just so we know theologically, what we're trying to do is you're showing your spouse that God is a pursuing God who pursues His children, and when spouses see that a husband is pursuing of them and desirous of them, yeah, it's beautiful. You know, you, I, I, think, I believe a spouse would say, wow, I'm so glad you pursue me and you desire me. Because everybody at the core, yeah. I mean, we all have a desire to be wanted. Absolutely. We have a desire yeah. to belong. We have a desire. I mean, I, I keep saying this, but we have this desire to be fully known and fully accepted. And obviously, the only place that we can get that perfectly is in a relationship with Jesus. But, you know, second best to that is a marriage that displays that looks the like beauty. Yeah. yeah, it's a marriage that looks like Jesus. That's right. And so for, you know, I, we're, my wife and I were joking, you know, surprise is out. But it's probably, you know, similar to what I did last year. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> we did nothing last <laughs> so, year. And so it's... Uh, we really didn't. Our best Valentine's Day we ever had was the day that I planned a um, a swing dance night before we were married, and uh, before we were dating. Before we were dating, and I did it so that I could dance with Hillary, and so my wife now, and so that was probably the best Valentine's Day we've ever had. And you know and what? Ever since then, they've been subpar. You know, so. <laughs> I don't. I think that it's honestly been an afterthought for both of us. But we're trying to be more intentional with celebrating that's and right, that's right, that's right. things like that. So, how can you pursue? How can a husband pursue? It kind of is what I thought. You know, in my small, you know, limited mind, I, I thought a husband can write a letter. That's good, right? And he can. A wife could write a letter. Open too. himself up. He can be invited in that letter, and uh, and a wife could write a letter, right? And you could. Tell each other the love that you have for each other, what you love about each other. Um, and like I said, you can be inviting and pursuing in that letter. Um, you could buy some flowers, right? That's the easy one. But it's not very thoughtful, right? But it do, they do smell good. But whatever small gift that your spouse might like would be thoughtful. That's right. That's right. You could get some chocolate, right? You can get the chocolate that kind of melts in the microwave. You can dip some fruit in it or something like that, you know? You could, I bought some of that the other day. I know it, and I love eating it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's kind of selfish, but I would love to get some fruit and dip it in there and and uh, eat some chocolate with some fruit in it. You can spend time together. Go on a date. Go do something. And that the idea of spending time together, and you can check out you know reclaimingfamilies.org under our blogs. One of the, um, I think it's like dating your spouse or or something like that. It's just uh, a blog by Luke Thomas on there about creating space for intimacy because intimacy or, or, you know, romance, it doesn't just happen because you say some vows and then you do life together. Um, in fact, the longer you do life together without creating space, possibly the more boring it will be, but it's really important to spend time together, um, going on dates just to simply create space to know and be known, create space for intimacy Exactly. Yep. You can't, yeah, you just, can't create intimacy, yeah. but you can create the space for it. Um, you know, you can light a candle. You can light some candles around the house. Have a kind of a warm, you know, candlelit night. That's um, Randy's favorite thing to that's do. That's right. But my wife doesn't like 
kind of the perfumes of candles and the smoke from candles. And so I have to watch it. So we do it for him, not for me. <laughs> that's right. And then, uh, yeah, I say like... Well, that's why I can serve and be romantic towards him. That's right. She can invite me to light the candles. <laughs> and uh, something, yeah, you can massage. You can do a couple's... Like, uh, I don't... I wouldn't, you know, you can massage your spouse. And uh, uh, I would say probably your husband, massage your wife. Don't make her massage you for Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, my back is a little stiff, you know. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of ways, and and these are ways where it's like it does take a little bit of thoughtfulness to say, well, how's my it's wife? A thoughtful piece. Yeah, how does how is she going to? How can I display that I love her and I want to be with her? I want to pursue her. And, the, and uh, again, the pursuit goes both ways, um, because you know if you expect a date night every week, but your husband to plan every date night. Then you might never go on a date night. Yeah, and so you know it, the pursuit goes both ways, and really just a good resource if you want to challenge your marriage a little bit in your pursuit of one another. Their um, fierce marriage, Ryan and Selena Frederick, they have like a complimenting book that is I think it's called like the Thirty One Day Pursuit. That's right. That's right. It's um, very good. Yeah. And there's a, a 31 day pursuit of your husband and then a 31 day pursuit of your wife. Yep. And it's full of challenges that are um, like of prayers for um, each other, of conversations for each other, writing songs or poems for each other, which like we... I mean, they, they yeah, can be, right. some of them are romantic, some of them are funny, some of them, like, there's sex challenges, I mean, not like challenges, but, um, like, a, a sex assignments don't, don't, doesn't sound right either, but, <laughs> no. um, but something in <laughs> sex pursuits, yeah, yeah, um, there's all kinds of things for 31 days, and so, just keep that in mind, uh, when you think about pursuing your spouse, if you want a good um, 31 days, a whole month of really yeah. thinking for your marriage, uh, give it, like, um, putting into your marriage, that, that could be a really good resource. I would recommend that book to anyone. And I, I think a newlywed you know, couple, I think that's a great resource to get them. And, uh, and so, but yeah, it's uh, so the pursuit to show your spouse that you value her. And it doesn't have to be because of really anything. I mean, there's a lot of things about your spouse that probably are valuable, but just that you value her. And uh, as God values us despite us, you value your spouse. And it doesn't have to be for any reason, yeah. but just to value her because of who she is. And, and uh, now, or, or, Go ahead. Now, if we were to say, I, I mean, I said the pursuit's mutual, but if we were to say, you know, the initiating and that initial pursuit is kind of the man's role in romance. I think we would also say that the woman's role in the romance is to be inviting. Um, and it's inviting because it's, it's, it's inviting the pursuit. Um, you know, I don't want to say that this happens to us often, but it's definitely happened before where there's been a pursuit and I've just you know, cold shouldered it. Um, and there's, 
there's nothing like no. a romance killer than um and I'm not even I'm not even meaning like bedroom, just like no, I don't want to do that. Or not right now, but I mean like, oh, a date and there's like just sin in my own heart that's saying, I don't want to turn towards you right now. Like I'm frustrated, I'm bitter, I have something going on in, in my own heart that's saying no to you. And so um, being inviting is about inviting the pursuit and receiving the pursuit. Now, I just talked about, you know, um, not letting sin kind of entangle your own heart to, to not receive it, but also just there's several other reasons, just not not being thoughtful. Um, similar reasons to why there wouldn't be the initial pursuit um, would be reasons why the invitation is not there as well. Um, we get into our own, you know, rhythms of life and work and kids, and it's just so easy to forget to invite. And it's um, some some ways to be inviting. Well, but I wanted to, I want to touch on what you said. It was oh. yeah, it's like when a husband, let's just say a husband, a wife, a husband is pursuing his wife, but maybe not in a way that the wife really um, that displays that you um, value your wife. Like, for example. For example, I could come home and I could do the dishes for my wife. And you know what? She would notice, but but that's barely it. Yo, she would notice. She would say, well, I'm glad the dishes aren't stacked up anymore. But it wouldn't be. But because like I could do that myself. Yeah, it wouldn't be necessarily my wife being like, I'm more thankful now that I'm in school and busier and Ellie's here. That's right. That's right. And so, but, but this idea of kind of knowing your wife and to really pursue her well, you have to know how she's going to receive it. But, but when you do do things and your wife does not receive it, all of a sudden it becomes this great check of why are you pursuing your wife? Why are you loving your wife? And that goes both ways. It does go both ways because I hear stories and I've experienced it. I know it that. When you do something kind for your wife and they don't receive it, and if you get angry, right, if you get upset, it means that you were coming looking for something out of your wife, some validation of maybe who you are. And I don't know if it's driven by insecurities or what what is behind it, but basically you didn't come to love your wife and serve your wife to show her that you love her and value her because... If you did, then you could be okay with her not receiving it. You could say, well, I'm still glad. I still have great joy in loving you and serving you, even though you don't receive it. But if you find yourself getting angry, there's a reason there. I think something a little bit deeper, that your motives for serving aren't necessarily to love and serve your spouse, but there's something else there that's a little bit unhealthy. And I think it's there in all of us. And it's so easy to get frustrated and mad. But when you do, I'm just telling you, be aware that you're really not coming to love your wife um, as well as you might think. And on a similar note of that, you know, I hear conversations about love languages and stuff like that quite often. And I also hear where one spouse will be frustrated because it's like they don't love from... They don't love in their love language. That's right. That's so right. like the dishes, it's like uh, service uh, might be one of the lowest things on mine. At least it was before 
Um, and I'm wearing myself out. Vacuuming, doing and, the dishes. My know, gosh, fold laundry. No, that is not true. <laughs> uh, doing the dishes, sure. Cooking breakfast? I'm about doing them all. Well, he does cook breakfast. That's right. But, you know, it's where I'm like quality time and it, it was. it's just easy for me to be like, you don't even want to spend time with me. Like, how, how could you say you love me when you don't want to spend time with me? But acknowledging the pursuit that is there yeah, and receiving I, I think, it. I like, think that's awesome. Yeah. And so, because it, it can be really hard when you want something that's not being given, but receive what is being given and then communicate in a calm manner. How you'd rather it be. Yeah. And then when they still do the thing that you don't want, still receive it. That's right. Both ways. That's right. Not just husband to wife, wife to husband. Yeah, I think that's that's crucial for marriage. But one thing about being inviting is um, from the wife's like romantic pursuit, I would say help your husband to think about the pursuit. Don't just leave him wandering in the woods thinking like, what... What should I do to pursue my wife? And I, I mean, again, I, I wouldn't say it's inviting from the husband's perspective, but I think that it's just as serving to the wife for her to know what would be beneficial for the wife to do in pursuit of her husband. But help him know what you want. Like, if you want something more than dishes, you know, if you want the quality time, if you want what, what do you want a date night to look like? What would be something special, a special experience? Communicate that to each other both ways. And then just as um, Randy said, you know, welcome in the bedroom. I think you can also, or pursue in the bedroom, whatever you said. I think there's also the um, in, inviting into the bedroom as well. That probably, I don't know, I don't want to speak um, blanket statement, but I can imagine that that's more difficult for a lot of wives than it is for husbands to yeah. to be the one that invites yeah. often to the bedroom. And kind of inviting, you know, romantically. I think the the word that um, there's this great book called Gentle and Lowly, and it kind of talks about the romance um, that Christ. Uh, kind of romances his church and there's this word alluring and my wife was just hitting on it that kind of alluring uh, your husband into the bedroom want me to tell you what it means I wrote down the definition yeah what's it mean it's a powerfully mysteriously it's to be powerfully and mysteriously attractive or fascinating yeah and so it's this idea of alluring and you know a lot of times I think that Really, I mean, I, for many reasons, it comes unhealthy. We might think alluring is, some people might think it's bad, right? Some people might think, like, oh, yeah, like sin allures me. You know, like I need to step back. But sin can be alluring and enticing. But it's also doesn't mean that the idea of alluring is wrong. Very beautiful things can also be. Yeah, it's that Christ himself is alluring, right? A welcoming person with great love and affection for sinners um, that's attractive. And, and go ahead. Well, men and women kind of display this alluring allurement in different ways because I think the very nature of a woman, not the fullness of woman, but one of the ways that women are created uniquely in the image of God is the mystery. You know, 
Damn, beauty. Men are not that mysterious. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you said that on this podcast. <laughs> Men but, are mysterious. Yeah. But no, think about it. Like <laughs> when, how often do you hear like I just like like people commonly say things like, um, I can't think of what they say, but I think there is something uniquely mysterious about a woman that men do not have. True now, or false? I will say there is a great mystery about women. Yeah, you can ask a woman, what are you thinking? And she's probably thinking something. But a lot of times, if a man's just sitting there and not talking, you could say, ask him, hey, what are you thinking? And it literally might be nothing. Okay, <laughs> Nothing. And I think some women don't understand that. Like, like how's that possible? And uh, because they think all the time, maybe. I don't know. I've never been, you know, inside of uh, a woman's brain. But I do think a lot of times, I just think about nothing. I mean, there. I think that there's mysterious things. But that, that could things. be mysterious. I don't know. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's mysterious things about women in like so many ways of just the design of woman, absolutely, from absolutely. you know the body, the the brain, the mind, the creativity, yeah, the nurture. Anyways, but then there's also the beauty aspect where, like, you don't just look at a man and say, "Wow, that's a beautiful man." You know, you might look at him and say, like, oh, he's strong, he's attractive. But for women, it's like, oh, that is, like, she's a beautiful woman. And so there's this idea of beauty. that mysterious beauty that allures That's right. to be known, which is the romance. That's right. And in marriage, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so also for men to be alluring, too. Just as Christ is alluring and the church is allured, that... Men should be alluring their their wives to romance them and uh, to power, strength, kind of like the opposite side of yeah, yeah. If we're going off this definition of alluring, that's right, that's right. And so, so I think some of the things you can do this Valentine's Day um, is to ponder the excellent qualities of your spouse. I that's think that's right. how you can be allured by your spouse. Is that Men have these great qualities. Women have these great qualities. You and your spouse have great qualities. And then you have some not so great qualities. But if we focus in on the great qualities and we ponder them, we think about them, I think it's going to create affections and romance for your spouse. I think so too. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Edwards has this quote in the book that I was reading. It says, There's no love so great and so wonderful as that which is in the heart of Christ. And that's ultimately the love. All love, uh, it's, God's word says God is love. And, and so all love is a picture of God's love. And the greatest allurement this Valentine's Day is going to be found in the heart of Christ. That's good. But as we reflect that to our spouse, there's going to be great allurement and romance in our marriages and in our families. So... The application would be to think about the goodness of the gospel and the romance of Christ and then celebrate it together with your spouse through, yeah, thinking about the qualities of your husband or wife, like Randy just said, and then celebrating it together. It doesn't have to be going on an expensive date, but it is taking a t- time to be thoughtful towards each other and to celebrate the union, the covenant that the Lord has brought together. That's right. That's right. So, so well, yeah, happy Valentine's Day this yeah. uh, 14th. And 
yeah, what we we pray this uh, podcast helps, and, and you can, you know. Yeah, we'll see you next time for the first episode kicking off our series to yeah. Warm Homes. Which I'm very excited about. Take care. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.